Hey guys, if you're digging this content, then I want to personally invite you to join our community and join us live every single Monday at 5.30 Central Standard Time. We host what we call our King's Council Growth Calls. Again, every Monday at 5.30 Central Standard Time. Now, these are our calls in which you can actually participate in. We have a variety of guest speakers that range from business experts to church leaders. We coach on leadership, entrepreneurship, and finances. So join us every Monday, 5.30 Central Standard Time, and get to know the community of like mindsetted kingdom entrepreneurs. Text the word KING to 727-472-3860. Again, text the word KING to 727-472-3860. I look forward to meeting you live Mondays at 5.30 Central. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. You know who I am, but that is not important. What is important is my guest on today's show, my homie, my brother, uh, one of the leaders here within the King's Council, Mr. Caleb Spittler. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, brother. Good to be here. Yes, dude. I am stoked to talk about what we're going to discuss today. And for for the listeners, uh, buckle up because... You know, within the King's Council, um, we, we host these these Monday calls, uh, which, which, by the way, we just invite you if, you. if you guys like this content within the podcast here, I just want to invite you to hop on with us every single Monday. We hop on live. Uh, and that really means that you can partake. Uh, it's a Zoom meeting. Uh, you can partake and ask us questions in, in business and in, in finance, whatever it is, um, knowing that uh, everything that we do is is rooted in truth and based upon kingdom principles. And so if you're looking for uh, just direction and you're looking for just brotherhood or sisterhood, we'll call it just community of like mindsetted people hop on with us every Monday. All right. Done with my my plug. Caleb, hope that was okay, man. But the reason why is I know what we're going to talk about today has, it's going to, it's going to bring up probably some excitement for others, maybe some relief for others, but then I'm hoping just like the, the permission, I want to call it, because this is something for me that really, really changed my outlook on like just really life, right? When I, when I fully came into submission to our creator, then it was like, all right, I know I've been given this skill set um, of entrepreneurship. And, but I was like, how do I, how does that fit within the kingdom? How does it like, am I out of place here? And how does that even fit within the church? Or is it just enough that I'm, I've, I'm saved, right? So I, I can punch my, punch the ticket, right? Like what, what else needs to happen? And for those that, that maybe have even felt like this and an entrepreneur, whether you're, you know, maybe have recently given your life to Christ, or you've been doing this thing, walking as, as a Christian for a period of time, you may still just feel like how I felt a few years ago, where there's this feeling of unfulfillment, but then it's just like, God, is this it? Is this like why I was created? 
or what, what, what am I supposed to do? Just, just praise you, just worship you on Sunday and then walk out this thing called life. Then the other six days of the week, raise a family, you know, maybe my kids are out of, once Ellie grows, like then what God, and this guy, this is something that I got to believe other people have, have had these thoughts and these feelings, Caleb, I know you have, man. Um, so we're going to dive into this guys. And, and, and really the title, I guess, or what we're going to call this episode is the doctrine of work. Woo. I'm, I'm so excited to dive into this, Caleb. So man, for, for first off, I, I, there's, there's a lot of points that, that we are going to cover today, guys. So I'm going to encourage you to, um, take notes as, as we're listening to this, we're going to probably reference some different scriptures and things like that, but then also go back and re-listen to this as, as, um, you kind of meditate or, or just think through the, these, this understanding or this thought process of work. And when we come, when we're, we're talking about work, a lot of people, and this is how I got it twisted too, Caleb was like, uh, uh, man, work is a curse. And so it's like, this is why everybody hates Mondays. This is like why uh, it's, it's like this toil, this stress by the sweat of our brow. Like that's what I read in, in Genesis. And that was just the thought process that I had, man. But take us back to even before we, we learn about the fall. And, and can you just walk us through like, really, what is work? Did God actually create it? Or is this like the devil's scheme to make us just toil and stress and, and, you know, not enjoy life? Walk us through this, man. Yeah. So this is where Bible doctrine is so important. If you open the book of Genesis, you have all these arguments of how were people made, you know, was it seven days or was each day like a year, all these the book of Genesis was written to answer the question of why do I exist? Mm. So if you're listening to this call and you're saying, why do I exist? Why was I created? The book of Genesis, the first three chapters are going to be extremely helpful for you. Nice. And right away, God says a couple things about why he created humans. Uh, he said that we were meant to bear his image, be fruitful and multiply, and then rule, have, have dominion over things. And so um, even with that bearing out his image, and this is something you talk about all the time, Riley, mm -hmm. the first thing, the very first thing we see God doing is working. He's a creator that yeah. is central to his character. And when he created humans, now we don't create something from nothing like he did, um, but it wouldn't be wrong to call us sub creators, right? So yep. again, this is something you talk about. I love when you talk about this, Riley, but God gives us a tree and someone makes a table. That is a way of imaging out the character. That's a way of representing God in planet Earth, which is the very essence of why we were made. That's why humans are, exist is to be these sub creators that are taking goods, uh, resources from the Earth. We're drawing out their potential and then providing something of value to the Earth. So I hate it when I talk to a lot of young people, especially who um, they feel exhausted in their jobs. They feel like, well, I really want to live for the Lord, but I know what I'm doing is just all going to burn up again or burn up in the end. I'm just doing it for the money, but my work itself doesn't have any value. And I think you're mistaken. Actually, I think when God, when God designed paradise, he, he designed it with work being central to that. And work is not a result of the fall. Uh, work is actually part of God's sovereign design. So if you're staring at the clock all day or you're hating Mondays, you're living for the weekend, you think vacation, retirement, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is what it's all about. You've completely missed out on 
one of the most fulfilling things uh, in your life. Yes. I know you said you got, that was part of your issue at at some point in time. You felt like there was this this, uh, almost tension between serving God or working. Yeah, a hundred percent was man. And and I, you even hit retirement um, because dude, I'm only 37, but from an early age, I just, I couldn't comprehend this concept of working 40 years. And then, cause I've, I've saw it so often uh, that people are just working and then they retire and then for the love, they freaking die like within a couple of years. And it was like, well, shoot, I'm not ever retiring if that's the case. Right. But I think that, first off, I don't see anywhere retirement or this, this concept of, of even working for a period of time. Now there's seasons for different things in, in life. Right. But this idea of retirement or really this understanding what we first off, if you're living in America, which I think most all of our listeners are not, not everywhere, shout out to our worldwide listeners. Uh, but in America, like we are so freaking blessed to live in this country, but we've also just become accustomed to the status quo or to like what we feel is normal, right? No matter if you were born in like, we're born in the eighties. Right. And, and now there's, it's hard to believe like nineties and these 2000 kids. Um, and it's like, but they're just understanding is different than what the seventies, sixties, fifties, forties, thirties, right? Like where just what has happened over generation after generation of this, what I believe is really an indoctrination of what work actually is not truly rooted on biblical principles, but what we're told to do. Uh, and you know, back in what, 1913, I'll go on like some, some rabbit trails here, man, back in 1913, the, the, there were, uh, of all the jobs out there, 97% of people were entrepreneurs and and 3% were actually employees. What we understand is like uh, working for somebody else, right? So 97% were self-employed. Now today it's completely inverse. And and that's not necessarily a a bad thing. I'm not, I don't want to say that at all, but I think our viewpoint and our mindset toward work has been completely skewed based upon our Westernization of, of just accepting that I've got to work to pay the bills, right? Which you do, you have a responsibility uh, as to, to provide and to provide well for your family. But also, man, like we're called to serve God and make money serve us. And so many of us, I think, are serving money in our poverty, uh, not really thinking that it's it's for a greater purpose or that there's something else that should be done with this. Therefore, we dread Mondays. Uh, we look forward to hump day Wednesday and then it's Friday because we get to live for the weekend and then we get the Sunday scaries again. Right. And it's like this. I mean, man, what? that's not a life to live. And so you said, man, work, God actually created us to work. Right. And, and when we look in Genesis, when he created Adam, okay, he created man, placed him in the garden to work. Like it was this, God didn't have to say now go to work. Right. It was like this internal understanding that we just worked. Is that what you mean by paradise? Like in, in the, in the garden, is that what you're referencing there? 
Yeah, I think if most people picture paradise, they picture sitting on the beach, drinking a martini or whatever it is. Uh, not a martini, a pina colada is what I meant to say. You like pina coladas. I knew if I said that, you were going to bust into that. Um, but I think if people think like, what is paradise to you? Most people in their minds would probably picture a scenario with them not working. Uh, whereas actually when God created paradise and that's what I'm talking about, the garden, um, he said, this is the best context in which a human is going to find most joy and fulfillment. And the thing that they're going to do most is work and sleep. So work and rest were the the two main things that they're going to give the majority of their time to. And so, uh, if you feel unfulfilled, I think a big part of that can be is, is you don't realize how much purpose there actually is in your work. Uh, you don't realize that the work itself has value. And yes. again, this is something I think at times the church has gotten wrong where they say, well, work is kind of a necessary means so that you can provide to your family so that you can tithe to your church and so that you can share the gospel. But the actual quality of the work that you're producing that's that it's all going to burn up in the end you're just being greedy or whatever it is i can think of one of my good friends who he would tell me and he told me this as like a a way of saying that he's doing a good thing but uh, he's like yeah i'm supposed to be working all day for this company i mostly just listen to christian podcasts all day Uh, i've just locked myself in the office i'm like well what type of quality work are you doing well i don't really care too much about the work because they pay me either way Uh, So it's kind of that necessary means idea rather than, no, me as a human, God created me to be innovative, to be creative, to be productive. And the way that God actually loves your fellow man is is through your work. Uh, You know, all of us have shelter, hopefully, and and food. The way that God is providing for you, because God is your provider, is by the work of other people. That's the way he's designed this world to work. So even if you're doing something that feels very unspiritual, like selling life insurance, which is what I used to do, that in and of itself has value. If I had a great day where I'm crushing sales or not crushing sales, but I'm working diligently unto the Lord, I believe that that can bring as much glory to God as being in a worship service for 10 hours. I, you yeah. know, I didn't treat it any different. I'd start my day saying this work that I'm about to do is worship unto the Lord. And when it comes to worship, you want to make sure that your worship is quality. So we need to make sure our work is quality because I do believe it's like bringing God an offering saying, Hey, here's what I have to offer. And if you bring something that is uh, of less quality, um, then I think that is offensive to God, if I can say it that way. Dude, that's so good. So you're telling me worship is just more than uh, singing songs on Sunday and, uh, you know, playing Christian music in, in the car. The worship I'm is more than you, that. that's what the Bible says. Absolutely. Oh, all right. Absolutely. All right. Because, <laughs> dude, I. I think a lot of people need to hear this. I mean, if, if they're listening to this podcast, I imagine you maybe this is the first episode you've ever listened to. If it is, you got to listen to, a, a, you know, a previous content that we put out regarding entrepreneurship and, and this concept of, of really working. But the quality of our work, you mentioned, man, I mean, we are we're called to be living sacrifices and that is our spiritual act of, of worship. And so many of us think that, 
you know, as you mentioned, your buddy just like worked, you know, not really caring about the job, but thinking he's honoring God because I'm listening to a Christian podcast, right? Like, I don't, I'm reading the Bible. It doesn't matter. They're paying me regardless. And it's like, there's not a more dishonorable thing to actually be doing probably <laughs> to your employer uh, in, in, of being a representative of Christ, right? We are called to be ambassadors for Christ. And that should be our representation of, of who we are uh, as, as a, an image bearer, right? Like we should be, no matter what, if you deliver pizzas, you should be the best freaking pizza delivery driver out there. If you're a stay at home dad, you better be the most rock star freaking stay at home dad because you get to, right? If you deliver uh, mail, if you build companies, if you paint pictures, if you sing songs, you should be the absolute best at it. Now, it doesn't mean that you being best at it is causing somebody else to be less best at it, but in your con- the conviction in your heart that you're giving your all out effort and excellence. This is what we, what I teach Ellie. I know this is what you ingrained into your kids, Caleb, like we're going to operate in excellence. It doesn't matter what it is. We may not enjoy taking out the trash, but by golly, I'm going to be the best freaking trash taker outer uh, that I can be. And, and no matter what it is, if that's our heart's disposition, the the outcome of it can i say is is maybe irrelevant it's more of what god sees us doing not when everybody else sees but our heart's disposition towards it like that is a proud papa right i mean i i just i ellie i'm gonna do a little break on my my daughter she just brought me home what's called she got it from school they call it the thunderclap and it was a, a handwritten note from a, a for a teacher, a, somebody in leadership at the school that caught her doing something that she didn't, she wasn't told to do. And it was sweeping up, cleaning under somebody else's lunch chair where they had spilled food and she just took it on her to go clean it up. And I, like, that to me is like, makes my heart so freaking warm. Like, yes, that's so great. And how much more is her creator that like he's got to be like, yes, that's, my daughter, like that's what we're called to do is to go out of the way to operate in excellence, to love God and love our neighbor. Uh, and, and whatever it is, whatever we're working towards, it should be, you know, that should be our heart's disposition towards it. Cause at the end of the day, a lot of people, and maybe we can talk about this, Caleb, a lot of people are get caught up into their calling and they think that what they're doing for work is their calling And I don't, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, man, but I'm a pretty firm believer that your calling has little to do with what you, you choose to do to make money on this earth. Your calling is, is number one is, is to glorify God. No matter what you choose to do, you are called to glorify God and to love him and honor him and then love, love others. Now, if you choose, for instance, I had chose to be a, a, um, network marketing junkie at an early age. Then I chose to be a window salesman. Then I chose to get my series six and 63 license. And then I chose to uh, uh, own an anytime fitness franchise. And then I chose to do like so many stinking things that like, was that my calling in any of that? No, but my heart towards it, God growing me through this process of who I am today, like that is my calling to glorify our creator. And I would love to know your thoughts on that because people listening to this may feel even like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be in this, this 
this business that I'm in, or man, I should be, maybe I should be full-time ministry because that's most glorifying to God, right? Like what's your thought process or what, what wisdom can you pour in to our listeners on that topic, man? Yeah. I mean, you're dead on. I think our generation, my generation, the generations coming up behind me are obsessed with this question of what am I meant to do with my life? You know, what do I like? And, and yeah. can I find a job that fits me perfectly. I'll just tell you, the Bible is not obsessed with that question. The Bible is obsessed with the quality in which you do the mm. thing that your hand finds to do. Uh, you know, the Bible almost makes it sound like whatever your hand finds to do, work at it with all your might. It's almost this, this feeling. It's like almost, it basically says that word for word, doesn't it? It's not almost. It's like whatever it is that you do, work at as if working for the Lord. Yeah. yeah. What is that? Colossians or something? Yeah. So I was going to read this actually. I have Colossians. <laughs> 323 pulled up here perfect Uh, it says uh um in everything those who are uh sorry um whatever you do work heartily as for the lord and not for men knowing that from the lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward you Mm. are serving the lord christ I just love that you're serving God. I mean, what yeah. would happen if you selling life insurance or you, the school teacher, or you, the, the business owner approached your day as if Jesus said, Hey, I have something really important for you to do. I need you to go out there and, you know, sell these solar panels or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, how much would you respond to that as opposed to what I think a lot of people do is they, it even talks about, you know, serving your masters as a means of eye service. That means you only do it when they're watching and mm. because you're primarily working to serve a human. No, the Bible says you're serving Christ through your work. And again, coming back to the question you asked about purpose, um, I think that, um, yeah, you should give 2% of your time worried about your, your you know, vocation. Uh, most of your time should be, should be blooming where you're planted, as cheesy as it sounds, you've been given an opportunity, you be the absolute best in that opportunity. Other opportunities will present themselves. You'll know when it's right. God will make it clear when it's time to move. But um, God cares a lot more about your integrity within the work that you're doing, as well as the quality and excellence uh, of work that you're doing. Uh, I mean, you think of even like a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, it's like people weren't faced with this huge buffet of what do I do with my life? They're like, right. well, I'm a farmer because my dad was a farmer or I'm a blacksmith because my dad was a blacksmith. You just kind of continued on in the family business. Whereas now we have so many options of what we can do. I think people think that they need to do something that they like. I promise you, I could be a you know, a janitor or a garbage man, or, you know, I could do an accountant, things that I really hate. I could do that and actually find fulfillment in it. Because for me, the most fulfilling thing that I've ever done on this planet is worship God. And Mm. when your work becomes worship, like you can actually end your day with a huge smile on your face. Like, man, I poured myself out today unto the Lord and I glorified God. There's massive purpose in what you're doing as opposed to, you know, let's say you have a a call from God to be hospitable. I think a lot of people think, okay, I need to start some kind of business around hospitality. Maybe that may be true. God might call you to have your vocation line up with that, that purpose. 
Or maybe you're just meant to be an accountant that has people over from your neighborhood all the time. Maybe God wants you to grow that business, have a big house and be super hospitable, be super generous. I don't, I think people so quickly go to, okay, how do I turn this into a vocation as opposed to like what you talked about? Maybe you can elaborate more on this, the great commission, which Mm -hmm. is primarily as you go make disciples. So you can do those things in the context of what opportunities God has given you. Yeah, man. Okay. Okay. I got two, two areas. I want to take this. Let me come back to that, the great commission, but I want to ask you a question on this. You you said you could be, you could find fulfillment in being that accountant, right? Like, ugh, that sounds terrible to me. So I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> same. You said same. Okay. But so what about for those listening that would say, I deserve to be happy. God wants me to be happy in this. Like, shouldn't I do something that makes me happy versus you're calling it more like fulfillment? What would you say to somebody in, in that I guess maybe they're just at that phase in their, in their walk right now. And, and truly just trying to understand this, like, what does really God want for us? He wants us to be happy, right? Like I should be happy. What would you say to that, man? I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. It's, if you do a quick Google search, you'll find that this up and coming generation in their twenties has pursued happiness and, Mm -hmm. and pursued their passion uh, in the, in terms of their vocation more than any other generation. And statistically, they're also the most depressed and unfulfilled uh, than any other generation. So if you want to guarantee that you're not going to be happy, uh, then keep jumping from job to job, trying to find one that most Mm -hmm. makes you happy. If you truly want to be happy, uh, I believe it's John 15, when Jesus talks about the vine and the branches, he talks about abiding in him. uh, And he says that essentially... um, the, the key to happiness is to love one another. Uh, and he says, I write these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So if you want fullness of joy, you want the joy of Jesus in you. You don't start with how do I make myself happy? You start with how do I serve someone else? And yeah. it sounds counterintuitive to, to focus on other people as a source for your own happiness. But I would just say, try it, like wake up tomorrow and, um, you know, tomorrow, Saturday, serve your family all day as your priority is I'm going to, you know, serve my wife. I'm going to serve my kids. I'm going to try to make their day as happy as possible. You'll be shocked at how joyful you are when you go to bed at the end of the day, having poured yourself out as opposed to trying to fill yourself up with all these things that we think please us. Right. Right. That's good, man. So good. And I didn't, I didn't realize, I mean, that makes sense. The statistic you said about, uh, you know, this generation kind of trying to find fulfillment, which really goes back to maybe what we were told, at least what I was told growing up, or you'd hear a lot, like, just follow your passion and you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. Like I, I realized that I was going to go broke real quick uh, or stay broke when I was following my passion. I was super passionate about like fitness and nutrition. And all of a sudden I started to see opportunities and, and then I realized what passion actually meant. It, passion isn't like what I, you get excited about. If you look at maybe a biblical reference of like, or we hear the passion of Christ, right? It's like what actually breaks your heart, 
what breaks. And so my prayer daily is like, God, break my heart for what breaks your heart, which is a dangerous prayer, guys. But it is a, it is a, that like that's becomes your passion. And then as an entrepreneur, look, position your mindset on like, okay, I'm going to look for opportunities. And no matter what I put my hand to, I'm always bringing my passion with me. And that will then give you this understanding that whether you're an accountant or whether you're a YouTube sensation, right? I don't know, whatever, like be passionate about it. Like bring the the love of God and the love for others, you know, to that, that task or that, that job duty uh, or business that you're building. And then I can promise you seeking those opportunities, not necessarily even seeking, but being available for those opportunities because opportunities are a lot like buses, right? There's, if you go to the bus stop, there's always another one coming and you just got to be ready. You got to position yourself to be available when those opportunities come, come by. Uh, and the only way that I've really known to do that is, is I'm, I'm staying rooted in truth. I'm going to know, I'm going to continue to learn scripture over and over and over again. And then when I see those opportunities, I can actively, I, cause I'm well, well equipped to make that decision in that moment, if this is a, a wise opportunity for me or not. So that's good, yeah, man. I can piggyback off of that. Maybe you can even Please. elaborate on this. I think the marketplace receives someone so much better who's others focused as opposed to being self-focused. Because I think yeah. so many people, you know, they go to college or whatever it is and they're like, well, I like art. So I'm going to focus on getting really good at art. It's like, mm. okay, well, that doesn't actually translate to anything useful to the marketplace until you find something that people need like what is the problem that you're actually solving and if you start with yourself of well I like puppies so I'm going to play with puppies all day okay you're going to be one probably broke uh, which is part of the reason why (laughs) this generation is is um, you know depressed because they're like why am I not getting rewarded for following my passion right because you're trying to serve yourself no one's going to pay you Mm -hmm. for serving yourself whereas you say how can I bless others? Like what? And I do think there should be some sense of alignment with your gifting. So like, I do think there is some value of, I really shouldn't be an accountant because that probably doesn't line up my gifting. But if I look at, Hey, what has God given me um, that I can bless others with? And let's say it's uh, you know, I believe God's given me a gift to be able to communicate. Okay. So if I'm using that gift to communicate, but not to serve myself, primarily to serve others, when you give stuff away, you give your gifting away, you serve others. I mean, you just can't outgive God. And yep. again, maybe you can speak to that more in terms of how the marketplace uh, receives that. Yeah, absolutely, man. If if it is really just like creating value and and it's not, you know, you're not the determinant of does somebody else find value in this or not? Sometimes from a marketing standpoint, like you got to test things like, is, is there value to what, even this, this podcast right now, do people find this valuable? If they do, they're going to continue to listen more. Right. And, and so partly it's just like even starting the, the King's council, it was like, Hey, let's raise our hand and, and, and voice ourselves. Like, Hey, does, is anybody else think like this or is anybody feeling like this? Uh, and it, it started with, truly actually God kind of hit me upside the head, but as, as I've, I've, uh, and thank God for that. Like it, it wasn't necessarily the salt to Paul conversion, but it, it wasn't that far off from it of like, it was almost just like, bro, are you ready? Here, here this is God. I feel like talking to me, bro. <laughs> um, are you ready now for, for what 
you've been, you've been like silly long enough, right? You, you've, you've done a lot of things and now are you ready to like run this race? And, and I think as, so many entrepreneurs or listeners of this, like you may be feeling in that, that same sense of like, is this it? Is it like, it got There's gotta be more to this because here's one thing I've realized, man, is that we can be incredibly successful from the world standpoint, right? You can get a lot of accolades saying you are great at this. You're, 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 I mean, you're, you're so gifted at this and you can still feel like a failure. You can make millions and millions of dollars and you can still feel like a failure if you're not operating for the God-given intended purpose of why you were created. And that's exactly what I was experiencing. And that's exactly why what I, I know other people are experiencing, especially entrepreneurs, when it's just like, let's build this business. And, and oh, there's an opportunity. Let's build this business. Like God's given you that ability to see those things. That's your gifting. And by golly, it's now time to like, hey, let's let's lock arms with each other and let's let's actually truly build something for the fulfillment of of the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. And that was like what what I really understood of okay, now I'm operating within what I know my purpose is, is to glorify God, right? So now it's it's a different mindset. It's like, I don't have to actually go hustle and toil and stress about the next business or the next opportunity because I know I'm so fulfilled, but it's also a, it's so content, but also a very healthy dissatisfaction where when when my heart has changed to this new disposition of like, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. And now I'm I'm seeing different things of like, Oh snap. Like that, that, that we need to serve in this manner. We need to help in this manner. And now God's still growing me in a lot of areas. And and I think, I mean, everybody is on a a journey here. Uh, We're all working out our faith uh, until he calls us home. And I mean, that's like so exciting to me because man, when I, when I truly, so I gave my life to Christ at 16. I thought this is going to be a crazy fun uh, uh, life. But then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, you mean I can't, I sh- I'm not supposed to like go party with my friends anymore. Um, Hmm, man, is this life going to be boring? Is this Christian life? Is this really what I want to do? And it, I mean, I got to believe other people have, have felt that before. And it is a real thing where it's like, I don't know if I want to do this. And I'm telling you, you will continue to wrestle with that if if you're not fully submitted to your creator. So many people want Jesus as their savior. And so few of us want him as our Lord. And, and, and this is from a, from a work standpoint, you will, you will toil, you will stress, you will, you will by the sweat of your brow work and, and work and probably experience some success from the world standpoint. But I can always I'm going to promise you that you will always have that feeling of unfulfillment until you get into complete lordship and submission to your creator. And when you do that, buckle up like it, 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 life can get really freaking exciting, but it starts with you. God's, God's calling you. God's asking you to do this. And, and what, what you've got to do though, is take that step and, and say, yes, like I, I'm willing to, to surrender, not even just surrender. I know I've talked about this, like the difference between, cause that was kind of my, like, I'm going to wave the white flag and, and I'm going to surrender. Like, man, I lost, 
right? Like you think of in, in the, in wartime, you wait, you've the white flag, like you're not joyful or happy to do it. You are just like, Ugh, okay, I surrender my life. I'm not doing well my way. No, no, no. It's like, God, I'm, I'm fully excited. I'm submitting my life. I'm coming under your authority and whatever you have for me, Lord, I'm, I'm doing it. And, and then with that heart and that expectation of, of him to just, you know, truly lead you, I can just tell you that there's nothing more exciting and exhilarating with that heart's disposition. And it, it, it starts with you. So I know I'm going on kind of a, a rabbit trail with this, Caleb, but I think it is important as, as when our heart, when we're, we're talking about work and this understanding of the doctrine of work, work can be the most amazing thing, no matter what it is you do, if that's your heart. And it can also be the crappiest thing you do if that's not your heart right? Then it's always like jumping to the next business. Well, that didn't work out or I don't really like that. So I'm going to try this, right? I don't really like that. I'm going to, so I'm try this. And so many of us are trying things when we take on this understanding or this mindset of training as a disciple of Christ, then it truly, whatever you decide to do, it doesn't really matter if you're going to operate in excellence. And I, and I promise you, if you start to operate in excellence, you're going to be elevated. You, you, it's it's impossible for you not to be elevated amongst the rest when you approach everything, when you show up five minutes early, you stay five minutes late, not because you're looking for man's uh, uh, favor, but you're looking, you, you have God's favor on you. Therefore, you're going to go above and beyond and over serve and over deliver because of who your creator actually is. And I, I'm I feel like I could continue down this, but I want to pull me back here into our discussion, Caleb. (laughs) Well, just to to follow up on that. I mean, yeah, all the blessings come when you finally just say, okay, I'm all in on Mm -hmm. following Jesus. Because not that you're ever going to outwork it perfectly, but if I was to ask you the question of, do you want to follow Jesus with your life? And you said, yeah, 70% yes. Yeah. Uh, there's still 30% that I kind of want to do what I want to do. Uh, you're not going to get any of the blessings, even if you get to like that 95, 98%. But there's a couple little things that I really don't want to follow Jesus. Again, I still think you miss out. Like all the good stuff is on the 100%. Now, I'm not saying that I outwork that 100%, but I am saying the disposition of my heart is I'm all in Jesus. I want to follow you with my entire life. Um, and that is all of a sudden when, when life becomes fun, when you're truly submitted to him. Yeah. Now, I think one of the big lies coming back to what we've been talking about is people think that being all in for Jesus translates to now I need to go be a missionary or a pastor and I can pay the great commission, the great commission, like now go, like, I got to go to freaking Zimbabwe. Right. I'm like this. And this is, this is where I struggled. I'm like, God, but I'm not called. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, that's not me. I don't even like getting dirt under my fingernails, Lord. Like, (laughs) do I have to do that? Right. And it says to go, can I just like stay here and do this too? But that wouldn't be glorifying to God. So talk to us on that, man. Like, how can we actually do that? Well, let me paint the picture that I think happens all the time. I went to a a Christian college where many of my classmates were going for pastoral ministries or or missionary to be a missionary, something like that. So let's say that we got, uh, you know, a little Johnny, he's 15, 16 years old. Dude's just a whiz with numbers. He's not great with people. He's okay with people, but he's just a whiz with numbers. He starts day trading. He's making a good profit. 
he's also fooling around with his girlfriend. He feels pretty guilty about that because they, you know, his family goes to church. All of a sudden he goes to a youth group night. He has this amazing encounter with God. He throws himself at the feet of, of Jesus and says, okay, I want to live for Jesus now. But because he's been taught that the highest rung on the ladder of spiritual maturity is pastoral ministries, he now abandons his God-given gifting, which is being good with numbers, and he goes to seminary, and he becomes a pastor, and now he's 10 years into being a pastor, and he's scratching his head saying, man, why isn't my church flourishing? Why do I feel like this is a grind? Why do I feel like I'm operating outside of my calling when what he really needed to do was to listen to this podcast and have <laughs> someone just to be able to release him and say, Look, man, you can be a hundred, a thousand percent all in. You want to worship Jesus with your life and be a day trader or be an accountant or do the things that God has actually gifted you to do. I'm going to make a bold statement here and somebody can write in and correct me with if I'm wrong. But I would say, at least in my experience from what I've seen, the majority of pastors in the American church today should not be pastors. And if you don't know whether or not you're meant to be in ministry, go for business, go for the marketplace 100% and let God snatch you out of that as opposed to, because um, most of the, the people in ministry that I know, God pulled them out of something else that they were successful in. I look at the guys that mentor me in the church, you know, John, who mentors both of us, he was yeah. a VP of sales. He started another business here in America. Ian, another guy that mentors me. He was a partner of a law firm in London uh, before God called him out of that to become a pastor. So he cut his income into tiny little pieces. You right. Know? So it was a huge sacrifice. It was a ripping away of something that he was already successful in. Uh, I can keep going with that. But um, so many of, of the church leaders that I've had a, the privilege to work with, they're not in church ministry because they couldn't be good at anything else. They were in it because God ripped them away from something that they were running after. And mm. I think if we had more church leaders who were truly sacrificially leading the church, as opposed to, I think being a professional minister would be a good lifestyle for me. Um, the church in America would, would look different. And people just need to know that you can be all in in your relationship with Christ and um, be a beast in the marketplace. And those yeah. things are not... Uh, biblically speaking, they're not opposed to to one another. There's been some teachings throughout history that would say other, but I can't find it anywhere in the Bible. Yeah, that's so good, man. And so, but what I'm what you're saying here, and I want people to understand and, and not just ingest this, but digest this, is that if and here's an interesting stat even on that. This is from Barna that. Uh, 89% of pastors right now, I think this was a couple of years ago, but 89% of pastors actually did not consider themselves a leader, which is scary in itself, right? Like you're, hold on, you're like supposedly, because the American church here, which do we should do a follow-up episode on, on this, on that yeah. topic in itself. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do that actually. Absolutely. Would love to wrap about that with you. Um, the American church, while it is, I think, kind of whack in, uh, you know, this isn't everybody here, but just the way that we kind of perceive church that it's just it's almost ran like a business and that there's a CEO, which is like the pastor who's dictating a lot of the decisions and, and the the uh, 
direction. Like if, if your senior pastor is, you know, real passionate about missions, like that's what you guys are all focused on and nothing necessarily wrong with that. But also as a, a you know, if we're to operate as the, the true church, the body of Christ, it's way more than getting motivated on Sunday and then giving towards mission. It's like, dude, when I read through the, through the new Testament of like what the church is doing, it's like, Hey man, if I, if you need something like I sold my field and I would take care of it, you, or I could actually say, bro, you're just being lazy. Let's go to work. Like that's church to me. And, and our, our perception or our understanding again, through generation after generation after generation of, of what we've just become accustomed to in America, it's like, well, I guess I'm, I'm supposed to, you know, even schooling, I'm supposed to go to college. I'm supposed to get a degree. I'm supposed to do all these things uh, and retire and just live this like, okay life that we just accept that versus getting back to the true understanding of what does the Bible say? What is like, the, I mean, cause back to, you can be very successful at a lot of things and still feel unfulfilled unless you're operating for the God given tender purpose of why you were created no different than the treadmill over here in my home gym, man, there was a manufacturer for that treadmill and they've given that thing. It's an incredible clothes hanger, right? It's, it, it hangs clothes incredibly well, very successful at hanging clothes, but it's not operating for why the manufacturer made it. Mm-hmm. And so many of us are, are operating in that same respect that we're not, we're not operating for why God made us and, and, Partly it's like, well, uh, he's got to be like, dude, I gave you the instructional manual. Just open the darn book and read the operating manual. Stop putting your simple twist on it because especially men, how many times, I mean, I don't even try to put things together here, but how many times do we look at things and we're like, I could do that. I could put that together and it's clunky and, and it's not working correctly. Or it's like, you know, three legs instead of four on a stool, like, wait a minute, what's going on here. And then we're like, well, I don't know. Well, did you read the instructions? Did you read the operating manual? Like, let's get back to not a, 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 a denomination's viewpoint of this or what, what religion has told us we're supposed to do, but let's read the freaking manual and then let's do life. Let's do church like that. And, and, Unfortunately, I know I'm another rabbit trail here, but it's like we're we're back to the pastors that that are, you know, not don't feel like they're eighty nine percent of them do not feel equipped to lead up appropriately. Also, an incredible amount of those, like 60 some percent of them said they don't. The only reason that they're staying in their job was because they didn't think they could make as much money doing something else which is like, what the dirt? Like, I mean, talk about, I don't, I mean, that just broke my heart. Really. It's like, you're not, so you, you thought your calling was to, to go pastor. You feel like you're, that's what God must want me to know the word of God. Yes, absolutely. He does, but you don't have to go to seminary to do that. Right. Get in a small group in your local community and just start to operate with each other, be the body of Christ, be the church, build a business together, do uh, create something together, do life together. And, and like, that is what is glorifying to God, no matter what it is that we put our hand to just get back to the, the operating manual. <laughs> Dude, I just, part of me wants to laugh. Part of me wants to cry. When you think of like, mm. to people listening to this, there's a 60, whatever it is. I think it's between 50, 60, maybe over 60% of pastors that would say that 
that yeah. there's a 60% that your pastor is doing it because they prefer to do something else, but they don't think they'd get paid as much. Like yep. we wonder why the church in America is a mess. Well, the way that God moves his people forward is through leadership. And there are certain leaders that are called to full-time ministry that should make their income by the gospel. Uh, and they should be honored for sure. Uh, you know, they should be honored for, for sometimes stepping away from a much higher paying role so that they can do that. Um, but we should never think that uh, being a pastor is a higher calling uh, than being a teacher or being a businessman or being a, a sales rep. Um, you know, I, I really, truly believe that going to a business meeting is on the same par as going to a prayer meeting. And I'm yeah. saying that as somebody that loves prayer meetings, we, we need to be so committed to prayer. We need to be so committed to preaching the gospel. We also need to be so committed to being creative and providing something of value to the marketplace. Again, read your Bibles. Mm. The Bible is not kind to those that don't work. It says, if you don't work, you should not eat. It says, if you don't provide for your family, then you're worse than an unbeliever. How can you be worse than something that the Bible is going to completely reject? Right. You know, I mean, even you go back to this, this scripture that we read, it says, um, you know, to work is work heartily as to the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You know what that means? That means when you're working unto the Lord, you're banking up treasure in heaven. Yeah. Now who's excited to go work the next day? If you know that, you know, the first job I did, well, not the first job I did, but the first kind of corporate role I did, you know, was selling clocks. I had <laughs> clocks all around me. I sold about $600,000 worth of clocks in about seven months. And I, I was surrounded by clocks. So if there's ever a time that you could stare at the clock all day, I had every opportunity, but how many of you know, when you stare at the clock all day and it's just brutal, the entire day is brutal where you ever have those times when you're staring at the clock, the opposite, like, you're like, oh man, I got to get this and man, where's the day going? You actually end the day so much more fulfilled when you're giving yourself to wherever it is and stop waiting for that next opportunity. Stop dreaming, stop fantasizing about Oh, I'm really going to work hard once I get my break. You just need to grow up. You need to grow up. God puts you right where you are today is not an accident. God puts you where you're meant to be. Uh, Maybe you've been holding back some of the purposes in his life that he wants for your life. But just be excellent. Work as worship unto the Lord, knowing that you're going to get a reward for that. That's exciting. I like working for rewards. The people that say, well, I don't want to work for rewards. I just, I just do it, you know, you know, cause I'm unto the Lord. He's the Bible's trying to motivate you with rewards right here. <laughs> God's smarter than you. He knows that you're reward motivated. Yeah. See that as, yeah, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't have any sales today, but shoot, I banked up some treasure in heaven. Right. Absolutely. What's up, guys? Riley Meek here with the King's Council, and I need you to listen up here. We are hosting a Kingdom Business Advancement event October 21st and 22nd in Jacksonville, Florida. So if you're looking to level up your relationships or accelerate your business or your career, maybe you're just looking to break through some of those barriers that have been holding you back, then this is an absolute must-attend event. We're going to be networking with high-performance individuals. we got business owners, CEOs, executives, entrepreneurs, 
all throughout the country, and we have all one thing in common, a burning desire for more. Now, we're going to be laying out the exact blueprint that has allowed me to start and scale eight separate companies. We're talking eight of these guys, every single one of them from zero to seven and eight figures within the very first year of each. This has generated us over really close to $200 million over the past decade. But here's the deal, guys. Money ain't everything. Now, if you don't have enough of it, it quickly becomes our everything. Believe me, I've been there. I've done that. And because of that, there's one thing that I've learned. Money only makes us more of who we already are, which is why I am on a mission to teach God's proven framework, not only to create and develop a kingdom-focused business, but to step into your true calling to help create wealth and most importantly, keep Christ at the center of everything that we do. And by implementing this blueprint, you're going to realize that you no longer have to actually choose between family and business. You don't have to sacrifice one for the other. Guys, we are so blessed to live in this country. Regardless of your political views, we are blessed beyond belief to live in this country, which comes with a great responsibility. And because of that, I want to call you out personally, individually, as you're listening to this right now. If you're ready to step up and to be the spouse that you were created to be, to be the father or the mother that you were created to lead and to become that entrepreneur that you know that you were destined to be. If you're ready and if you're willing to truly step into that, that role of kingdom entrepreneurship, kingdom, God's rule and reign as an entrepreneur who's willing to undertake the task at hand, then I want to meet you in person and I want to invite you out October 21st and 22nd Jacksonville, Florida. So if you're ready, text the word KINGDOM to 727-472-3860. Grab your ticket today. It's only 97 bucks, guys. It's limited seating on this thing. No doubt we're going to sell out. So take action. Life's about choices. And this event is going to be next level. Life-changing for those that decide. Again, text the word KINGDOM to 727 472-3860. I look forward to meeting you there. I want to get this clear, man, because I thought salvation was not based off works. Right? Like what what are you saying, man? Because I thought I thought that, you know, it was by grace I'm saved through faith. But now you're telling me I can actually bank up rewards in heaven because of these works or these actually what is it? Ephesians two calls it our good works. Right. Like what? So I, this is, and I, this is where I think even Christians that they give their life to Christ and then they're just going through the motions. And it's like, you know, I, I'm, I've made it in, right. I checked the, I checked the box. I'm going to get in, but there's so much more than that. Like, this is just the beginning. If salvation was the only, when we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, if, if salvation was the only thing that mattered, this is why if that was it, all we would be called to do is evangelize, right? Like, just go evangelize. Like, and and I think a lot of us, some people are maybe have that gifting and that's part of one of their spiritual giftings. Like, yes, you are an evangelist. Amazing. But there's so much more to life, right? It's in, when you give your life to Christ, you now have been transformed your heart. it, it, It scripture tells us this, like you are a new creation. And now that you were created for good works, 
Okay. Now it's, it's by grace that you've been saved. There's nothing that you could do to work to get into heaven, but God has Christ has for, okay. Let's t- take a big picture here. There's creation. There was the fall creation with work, the original intended purpose, why God created us, placed us in the garden to work. Okay. Even in, in, in uh, Genesis two, when, when God said to, to, you know, name the animals. This is just like so incredible to me that God's like, I just kind of believe he's going to be like, okay, I made this from the dust of the earth, like this, you know, soon to be lion over here. But he's like, what do you want to call it? You pick whatever you want to call it. Like imagine that even with your child, when they're growing up, you know, still being fed milk, right? And now they're starting to walk and they're, they're starting to talk and, 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 you know, still fumble. Like how incredible as a, a when you've given your life to Christ, it's like, there's still a process here. It's not like, bam, you are, are transformed overnight. Now have people like Christian Edwards, right? Like had a radical moment, but most of us, it wasn't that, that even, you know, uh, all feelings and everything went away from maybe past experiences or addictions. But now we are called to, you know, walk this thing out, walk this journey out of life. And so it's like, we're saved. Okay. Back to their creation, the fall, right? The creation man fell. Now throughout the rest of the old Testament, there's prophecy or promises that a Messiah is coming. There's the promise of Jesus. Bam. New Testament. Jesus comes fulfills that promise and, and everything through the new Testament. I don't see a whole lot of Jesus saying that I am savior. It is the kingdom of heaven is, is near, right? And he talked about this kingdom, this kingdom king as Jesus is king and domain as rule and reign, the kingdom, the God, Jesus's rule and reign in your life the kingdom of heaven, when you give your life to Christ, is now in your heart. God's rule and reign is should be what is is ruling your life. And now you have been transformed and renewed and restored to do good works. Yeah. And this is where our, our heart, like, wait a minute. Okay, now, now my mindset isn't that that the way work was presented in Genesis. Uh, three of like, it's by the sweat of your brow and the toilets. Like, no, Christ came back. He redeemed, he restored. He came back to restore creation. And so now I can do good works. I get to come alongside God and continually co-create for the betterment of others, for the kingdom of heaven to advance and, and, you know, to come on this earth as it is in heaven. And that dude, that revelation alone to me was like, let's get to work. Like this is exciting stuff here now that we can actually work with our, our father. And so many of us are sitting back and like, well, if it's meant to be, God will make it happen. Like I'm, I'm praying about it. And you know, if if it's meant to be, I'll win the lottery here. I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. Meanwhile, you're fat, you're lazy. You're not doing good works at all. And I got to believe God's just like, what are you doing? Just read the manual, get back to like what I told you to do in the beginning and you, there, there will be fruit. And, and the thing is guys, fruit, you working hard is not going to produce more fruit in your life. It's where you're planted. Think of a tree. A tree doesn't work any harder and produce more fruit over other tree because it's working harder. It's where the tree is planted. 
Is it planted next to that, that living water? Is it, is it getting fed spiritually every single day so it can bear and produce the fruit, the life-sustaining God-given fruit in our life has zero to do. Now, part of that you're called to work, right? But it's, it's basically because that's what a tree was created to do, what we were created to do, but it's where it's planted. That is the, the number one determinant of if that tree is ever going to actually produce long-term fruit. I'm going to throw it to you, man. I got to, I got to take a, a, a break. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. I think being eternally minded is, is essential for being, uh, motivated on a daily basis. Um, and this is how I think it's funny. I can picture a time when I was sitting across from a gentleman who he's talking down to me, like, uh, as if he's like my mentor, you know, and he's telling me about his $20,000 watch and, uh, you know, the whatever car that he drives and, and his big house and all these different things. Uh, at the same time, you know, he's, he's on his second failed relationship. You know, he's, he's got some different broken areas in his life. And it's funny because he's like instructing me of like, hey, Caleb, this is really how you should live life. And it, I, I liken it to, you know, if you, let's say you had a ton of investments. Let's say you had like 100 million in investments and there was somebody that didn't have anything in investments, but they have a bigger house than you. And they're teaching you how to, you know, grow your income. And you're like, dude, I make way more than you. Now I'm not living in that right now, but I'm investing in the future. Mm -hmm. And this guy who's talking down to me, I'm like laughing in my head because I'm like, this guy thinks he's richer than me. He's richer than me for this one breath of a moment that is planet Earth. But for the rest of eternity, I've been sowing. I've been sowing. I'm investing in that heavenly reward. I do believe in a real kingdom. And so when I say kingdom, I believe that heaven will return to earth. When I say heaven, I mean the presence of God. Jesus Christ will actually return again to planet earth. He's going to set up a kingdom in which he will have rulers of cities. uh, and There'll be wealth that's distributed. Um, and I believe that I'm going to be a recipient of that. Why? Because I read verses like this that say, hey, work unto the Lord, knowing that you're going to receive a reward. So I'm like, well, shoot, I can invest in eternity. Well, you know, any little like even pleasure on this earth, I'm kind of like, I'd rather just invest it into something that's going to last forever yeah. as opposed to what's right now. So even trying to build money, build wealth on this earth it's only as an investment tool to, I want to take any wealth I'm generating here on planet earth and invest it into the next kingdom. And um, it's, it's just the truth of how things are going to play out. Uh, And so again, I think it's funny that people measure success by, Hey, what's your net worth or what's this and that I'm like, we need to start measuring success by essentially what you've sowed into eternity because everything else is actually going to burn up. But this is why I say people think only that which will last is the evangelism, is the prayer meetings, is the reading the Bible. I do actually think it's a, there's a right time to shut your Bible and go to work. And mm. people might say, oh, how dare you say that? Well, because I believe work is a continuation of your worship, that you can continue banking that treasure in heaven as you work unto God. And again, going back to what we said in the beginning, God is a creator. So if you want to image out God in planet earth, do something creative. Yes. Be an initiator. And this is why so much of what you talk about, about being a little employee worker bee, it can be kind of sad that, that people have squashed out their creativity or initiator initiation. That doesn't mean you can't be creative in the corporate world. You can, 
but be that person that takes that idea to your boss and says, hey, what if we did this campaign? Or what if like actually allow the God-given creativity inside of you to bubble up and produce something? And maybe you'll fail at first, but you'll get better at it. But but take some ownership, take some initiation in your life because it's what you're actually made for. God designed you to see something and to be creative with it to make it better. Yes. Absolutely, man. Man, we have been rolling for a minute. I want to. I want to talk four more hours with you. So we're absolutely going to do a, a probably a couple more because I'd love to talk with you about the church here in America on an episode. So for those listening, I, I, this is our, our. I'm putting it out there as our commitment, and then I want to come back into even just money um, principles and and really because I mean the Bible tells us we can't serve both God and money. Right. So what does that mean? What, how do I, what, am I supposed to work for money or am I working for God, but I'm receiving money. So how do I, like, I want to, I want to unpack that with you, man. Cause I love talking about this topic. Um, and then I love talking about the church, which is just something that God's really put on my heart. So, so much over the last few months, uh, really even just as my relationship with you has grown and then with John and, and Kim, and it's just like, man, I'm, I'm so just on fire for how we can serve in the King's council here, how we can come alongside the local church and be an extension of their existing ministry and to, to really help, uh, equip, uh, entrepreneurs or those that want to maybe, maybe have ideas, want to go from employed to deployed, uh, and, you know, ultimately, uh, maybe need a little bit of coaching, need a little bit of wisdom. Don't, don't necessarily, they haven't done it before. Right. And, and here's, here's the thing, as you mentioned, man, about the fruit is I used to think coaches were a joke and I still do most of the time. (laughs) Um, and here, here's the reason why, because everybody wants to be a, a coach, right? Everybody has an opinion about something. And I grew up hearing a lot of do as I say, not as I do. Right. And, and I always thought like that was complete BS. And, and partly that's why I always, in, in all of our other companies, like I want to lead first. If, if there's a new product that we're going to sell, I'm going to go sell it and I'm going to figure it out before I'm just going to expect somebody to go do it. Right. Like we need to be the, on the forefront, we need to lead by example. And so back to the fruit, if you're looking for a coach, if you're looking for a fitness trainer, how's their fitness, right? Are they, are they actually physically fit or are they fitness pizza in their mouth? Right. And if, if you want a, a financial coach, <laughs> you're supposed to laugh out loud. Nobody, if you're on video, you can see Caleb's laughing, but that was it, a good one. You okay. Got one on that one. All right. All right. <laughs> um, uh, it's good to have so, like an audience. Sometimes I have such bad dad jokes on this thing, man. That's nice to see some response every now and then, but um, if you're, if you're, you know, hiring a financial coach, like you'd said, it's like, well, how are their finances? And it isn't necessarily that big house or that fake Rolex Bolex on their watch on their wrist, or, uh, you know, some fancy car that they're financed to the gills in debt up to their eyeballs and live in this American nightmare, right? Cause it ain't a dream. It's a freaking nightmare in, in how are they actually stewarding what they have? So, and you don't know this, and this is where I would encourage everybody to date, your coach, date a business partner, anybody that you're going to come into alignment with, date them first before you get marry them and, and get in bed with them. Okay. Because we've all probably been in those type of relationships where it's like, whoa, that fruit 
that I thought looked really good and tasty was rotten from the inside out. And, and it can be right. Or it, it's because you can still have something that looks really good online or great marketing guys are really, really good at marketing and promoting themselves. And then you all of a sudden get into their program and it's like, yeah, this is a, there's, there's nothing here, right? How do I actually do this? And so all that being said, if, if you're looking to be in real estate, I'm not your guy. I'm just going to flat out tell you, I, do I, do I have uh, real estate investments and things? Absolutely. But I'm not an expert at that. Okay. So I'm going to be the first one to tell you, we have people within the King's council that I will, I will get you in touch with people like Roger Sullivan, who does Airbnb. Uh, uh, he's a master at it, right? We have people that do fix and flips. I'm not great at it, but I, I got enough insight to know that and tell you where to, to direct you. And so the, the point of all that is, is like, look for that fruit, but inspect that fruit before you actually go all in and maybe invest not just your money and, and resources, but your, your time, your energy, your effort, and even building that long-term relationship. Um, and so again, kind of a tangent on that, man, but we're going to come back. Caleb, I appreciate you so much, dude. Love you, man. And just so excited for just what God's continually doing with the King's Council. I will say, if any of you guys that are listening to this, you you like this content and you like what, you, what you're hearing. Again, I said this when we started. Join us on a Monday, every single Monday at 530 Central Standard Time. We hop on live and we just we, we talk a little bit about this, this concept, this understanding of kingdom entrepreneurship. Um, but one Monday every month, we, we dive specifically into finances and, and, and stewardship. How do we serve God so money can serve us? And then the other weeks, we're diving into like business growth and, and um, in entrepreneurship. Like, what does that actually mean? So we open it up for Q&A. If you need marketing ideas, sales ideas, branding, uh, hey, I've, I don't have an idea. I'm looking for an idea. It's a great time to just network and get to know other kingdom minded people that are here for, for one purpose. And that is to glorify God and, and then ultimately to, to, to love others and to, 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 I, I believe our real goal is to, to just continually pursue God with everything that we have and then let others know of God's continual pursuit of us. And if we do that, this life can be such an incredible, exciting, like thrilling life if we have that heart and that mindset. And that's what I'm just, I'm calling out all, all kingdom people that haven't been on any of our Monday calls, get on them and let's build this thing together. That's what the King's council is. Jesus is King. And we are just sitting on this council and we're looking for others to join us in this movement to continually grow the kingdom, the influence of the kingdom. And we know that that's going to take tremendous wealth to make that happen. And, and so how, how we do that with, with a stewardship heart, knowing that we're, we're ultimately serving God, number one. And as we create this wealth, we bring it back into the kingdom economy here. How do we then make that money serve us so we can continually serve God and then ultimately pass this legacy, this leadership onto the next generation into the King's Academy that we're also growing here within the King's Council. So Caleb, brother, we're going to put it on the calendar. We've got the church, we've got money, and I'm sure we'll, we'll come up with some other topics that we'll dive into as well. Hey, brother, I love you. I love doing life with you. I'm so glad that uh, God aligned our lives together. So honor to you and everything you're doing, and uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, brother, we're just getting started, man. Love you, bro. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time.